0: Welcome to the Mike Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, and I am here with my friend and trusty producer back from vacation, Max Kerman. Max, what's going on?
1: I'm about to go on another vacation, so you have me for a moment. You're the man of vacations. Yeah. But you're not the only one here with me today. This
0: is special. This is special. I couldn't be more excited. Joining us in place of our regular pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, who is on a cruise somewhere in the Caribbean with his wife and extended family, uh, we are joined by... Shane's favorite person, and probably his choice to replace him on this yep. episode, The Nut. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. So excited
2: to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, we thought it, it makes sense because, you know, the last two episodes, I feel like you've featured pretty
1: prominently. Yeah, all very
2: flatteringly as well. We had
1: to send it to you for approval. And I don't know if we took any of your notes, but they're up on the internet now. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> yeah. It's a thought that, that counts. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Well, and... um, because right now, uh, Webmaster Dan is Insta-storing this episode. And, Mike, you told me you need to let Shane know that the nut is filling in for him this week. Yeah. Because, you know, if he sees it on an Insta-story, he's going to be very upset. But I hope this is no sound, Webmaster Dan. <laughs> because I want you just to put Shaney boy uh, 69 has been replaced by the nut. From here on out, executive decision by producer Max. Here's the, you're gonna he's going to go nuts on that boat. Yeah. Ironically. He's going to yeah, throw himself really over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All I said was, listen, Shane's our brother in arms. We do, we've do. we done eight, more than 80 of these with and him. And you were
1: like, tell him. He's going to be upset. I said, just if give
0: he... him a courtesy message. Tell him that the nut is coming on this and week. And I did
1: not. Anyway, Shane's been on vacation for like three weeks. It feels he's like a long like, time. Like on a beach or on a cruise. For like every, It seems like that's the only thing I know about him now.
0: His Insta story uh, is very enviable. Yeah. Not really. I'm glad he's gone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic uh,
0: nuts! No, it's great to be here.
2: This is uh, swank
0: offices you have here. This is, uh, oh, this is exciting. Here, two nine nine. Yeah, this is actually a brand new boardroom. You always, you always be selling. You that's know, it. The brand expert. The, the this magic. Is good. He's good the, at buttering the magic people of up. Much. Uh, no, <laughs> that's like great. Um, so, guys, today on the show, uh, we're gonna get to him in a bit, but we have Commander Chris Hadfield, Canadian legend. Repeat. This his second time, his return to the show. And uh, for those of you listening, if you're hearing this before the 11th, uh, Commander Chris Hadfield is doing his big show, Generator, at Roy Thompson Hall. Uh, so get tickets, man, uh, if they're still out there. Also, the man is hitting the road. Uh, he's in Washington. He's in Hamilton, our hometown, uh, London, Ontario, uh, Southampton, UK, Manchester, dudes all over. So if you're listening in any of those places and you want to see a Canadian legend, Commander Chris Hadfield, uh, performing and doing his thing, check it out and do it. We're going to get to him in a bit. What else has been going on? Max, like you said, you just got back from vacation. You're going on a vacation again.
1: I got, okay, I just had a coffee from Hot Black down the street. Shout out to those guys, Best coffee shop uh, downtown, I think. I don't drink coffee, Max. I know you don't. You're an easy. You know, it's one of those things when you text, "Hey, anyone need a coffee?" I can always count on you not to drain my. That's wallet. the best. <laughs> no, I'm nah, fine. Yeah. I you guys it. both
0: drink coffee? Uh, I'm a tea man. Tea man. Tea man. t pain. Okay. I remember you used to play on a boat every. That's, went back when you were DJing at uh, right. Absinthe. I did do that, and you wore the captain's hat. I did that, look good in it. You did. That was my stick. <laughs> yeah. That, it's pretty. I peaked then, but it's fine. And what was your catchphrase? Did you tell all the patrons that were dancing to your DJing?
2: Uh, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) We're Uh, sending you home in a body bag. You're going home Home in a body bag. Yeah, I was essentially like one of those carnival guys that just
0: like, (laughs) do you want to go faster? Uh, But hey, you know, it worked at the time. It it was a big Gravitron. That's it. I puked on one of those at a Hamilton County fair. You uh, shouldn't have maybe went faster. I know. Well, yeah, there was a a guy like you with a captain's hat that that was riling me up. Yeah, see? All right, Max, back to your vacation, my friend.
1: Okay, no, okay. So I was thinking about the break and just things that happened to me over the break because we haven't really had a chance to, to talk. Uh, well, I mean, we have, but there's some things I've been saving for the pod. How was your Christmas? Everyone had a good Christmas? It was lovely, great lovely so my sister has uh, a little baby boy named Kai but also has three stepchildren who are ages mm, six eight and ten or something Oh, classic
0: and, uncle yeah. yeah
1: and I've come to <laughs> or something <laughs> 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 and I've come to know them over the last few years uh, and they're awesome kids and I really love them and I really want them to just be happy and live a great life and I, I try my best to spend time with them and stuff and so uh, and you know I was thinking what do you buy kids for for Christmas, you have young relatives, right? Because yeah, yeah. my roommate, Greg, your brother, always yep. has to around this time of year, on the 24th. He's like, oh, shit, I got to go to the mall. Around the 24th. <laughs> around the 24th. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. And then, and then he goes, and then he's like, I got to go to the mall. What does a 10-year-old like? I don't f-ing know. And then he's like, no, okay, maybe I'll just call Mike. And then he just calls you. He does. Yeah. Hopes that you've bought something already, and then he can put his name on the card.
0: Well, this was, well, so for years, this was actually a point of contention. For years, my brother and I would just always give joint gifts. So it was always like from Mike and Greg to our cousins Anyone like that, we would always, it to our dad and to our Oma and to everybody. Uh, but then, you know, once Danica came back into my life <laughs> and she was, you know, my partner going forward, I didn't think it would change. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, throw Greg's name on there. <laughs> and she was like. And Greg's like
1: 33. Yeah, and she yeah. was like,
0: you know, and I was like, what? She's like, I don't know. Like, do you think at some point, like, it'll just be from you and I? <laughs> and Greg can figure it out for and his and I, was like, I didn't think about that. She's like, you know, he has, like, a full-time job, and he's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I never thought of it. About- and, you know, I guess him and his girlfriend can, like, give up. A- All right, l- let me talk to him about it. So, But I was kind of dreading the conversation because my brother's using out the most understanding. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man. And he was like, huh. I see how it is.
1: <laughs> You've left me yeah. for your wife. Yeah, a classic Yoko
0: coming between us. <laughs> He's like enjoy giving those gifts to everybody from a you and Danica. <laughs> so now we do separate gifts. Uh, but anyway, yes, I, I
1: think this year though he somehow finagled being involved in yours, or he we still wanted some scheme where he didn't have to do as much, and you we would just take care of business. I
0: can report that we did we discussed what we were going to get, but he he got all his own gifts oh, yeah. on own the twenty fourth apparently.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I. Uh, I hate going to the mall and I don't like, buy, I'm just so bad at like buying anything for anybody. I always f- it up somehow. So I was like, Oh, maybe what I'll do. And also it was the 24th and I hadn't bought anything yet. So I was like, Oh, I got it. I'll write them a card and I'll say, this is good for a trip to the mall with uncle Max to buy some piece of sporting equipment, you know, to encourage them being active and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of cool. And also to have an opportunity because they like spending time with me. So it's an opportunity to kind of hang out or whatever, make it special. But I was like, you know what? I want to say something really meaningful. So I kind of, like, thought about, like, writing something kind of sweet to, like, each one of them. Like, hey, Lex, like, you're a real special guy. We're so proud of you. Just, like, really kind of being sentimental. What I learned is kids don't give a shit about no, cards. they don't <laughs> care. <laughs>
3: they don't care at all. Because I
1: really was stressing out just sitting at home trying to perfect the perfect, like, three to four sentences for yeah. them. And then on Christmas morning, there was, like, tearing through shit. They're not read that I card. Was, and then at one point, I was like, so uh, am I? Did you did you read the card? <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, and then the ran away. Uh,
2: you're even looking for a review on your card. I was lyrics hoping for at it.
1: this point. <laughs> kind of. Well,
2: Three you, out of five stars from the you junior I don't really writer. I interact
1: with children ever really? So if you write a nice card to an adult, to like your girlfriend or to your friend, or you say or you send a nice email to somebody, I've never done it, but I'll take oh, your word. They have. Sure. Um, they go, hey, that really means a lot. And then there's this sort of like you know selfish thing about the nice thing that you just did, right? <laughs> so anyway, if anybody's... It's like when you when you send
2: like a good email
1: and you go back and you reread it to yourself a couple of times, you're
0: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. damn, I nailed that. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> wow. what a closer. Yeah, that was a great that was, closing I line. I nailed
1: this email. So anyway, don't write anything nice to kids probably until they get to the age of like 26 or something. Don't be not, nice to kids. Yeah. Well, no, no, <laughs> be nice lesson. to kids, but a written message isn't really going to get you anywhere. Right. So number two, uh, speaking of sort of coming of age, there's been a few moments in my life with like really close friends of mine that have sort of been transformational where it's like, wow, things are really changing. Like, like this is the next chapter, right? So I remember when I was a teenager, one of my best friends told me that he, like, lost his virginity. And I was like... And I'm sort of like a sentimental guy. I'm like, wow, we're not kids anymore, kind of yeah. thing. Right?
0: You're mildly competitive. So you're like, when's my time?
1: <laughs> not even. I was just like, I was sort of embracing being a kid or something. I was as horny as you, Mike. What? Uh, you, you knew nothing about me. I was way hornier <laughs> than you might think. And uh, no, I'm just like, Mike's like, I had that conversation when I was nine. Uh, I was telling everyone. Uh, it happened again when one of my best friends told me he was getting married. I was like, oh man, we're not just f-ing kids anymore. And the same thing happened when uh, which one of our friends had kids the first uh, Jug, jug? jug. Yeah. yeah I think when Jug said oh I have a kid I'm like wow you kind of really kind of hit me.
2: Uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but I remember you being like legitimately pissed when Jug <laughs> said that he was having a
1: kid because you were like, "You've ruined the group." I wasn't going to say the this. The fun is that's over. How I remember
0: like, it too. You <laughs> literally
2: threw a fit and then had to get your shit I was together. Looking,
1: it's over. Yeah, I, I, it took me a while to say congratulations. Yeah, you like it literally, shattered your sense in, of what we are and yeah. how we could proceed. Yeah, and then I have to be reflective. And like, I guess times are changing. So anyway, I had a similar moment uh, over the break. Uh, I was at a dinner. And I was sitting next to Sean Dawson, our friend Sean, and we're just going to have a very casual conversation. And he goes, oh, so yeah, Nick's tattoo is pretty crazy. And so Nick, our, the bassist in our band and one of my oldest friends now, uh, has been talking about getting a tattoo <laughs> since first year of university, since <laughs> I met him. I remember walking across Dundurn Bridge in Hamilton, Ontario, and him going, oh, I love tattoos. I'm going to get a tattoo definitely by the time I'm done fourth year. And I was like, yeah, right. And Nick's like kind of a mama's boy like myself, but he's also a contrarian. He'll say he's into something that I don't think he's actually into. So this whole, the last 10 years he's talking about, uh, you know, getting tattoos or whatever, and he's never got one. I just never thought it would actually happen, Uh, but it happened. And it kind of gave me that weird feeling. I'm like, whoa.
0: Times are changing. He finally got that tat.
1: Yeah, but I was thinking about it more and I was like, I wonder what. The, and it's a really nice sentimental yeah, it's tattoo. Great. It's about like, it's a place in his hometown in London, Ontario, like where he, him and his brother and sister used to play and hang out. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe it's because, you know, he's in a band and he thinks, you know, because band guys got tattoos. And, you know, I mean, not just band guys, every person has a tattoo right now. But um, you might be the last one. I might be the last person who doesn't have tattoos. Yeah, I in this think- room, I'm the only one of the four of us. Um, but he he has this friend. Who named Doctor Mike Son? Who we play baseball with. I love the doctor. Who's an awesome guy and uh, like a quintessential like kind of Simpsons loving nerd, that kind of guy. Yeah. And he's also Nick's role model, and he's a prof. I think he's a professor. He teaches and stuff like that. And so I've come to the conclusion: the reason, the main reason why Nick got the tattoo isn't because of all like the band dudes he's been hanging out with for the last (laughs) twelve years. It's because of a baseball stat loving nerd, Doctor Mike Son, (laughs) who has like six tattoos. So it's like if Mike Son can have six tattoos, I might as well get one. Yeah. So, anyway, that was that was a moment for me over the break. But shout out to Nick's uh, new tattoo. Nick yeah. is
2: getting more and more hunky. Like, manager yeah. Ash and I just, like, almost daily will just send each other photos of Nick. Of Nick. From the internet. Because, like, he's gotten super... He's by far the hottest Arkell. Like, oh, he's for always sure. been very hunky. Yeah, but he's, like... And he does this thing, too. Maybe it's been talked about on the pod, too, where he talks, because like, all I'm doing is not drinking, but that's absolute horseshit. Yeah. Like, he literally is ripped. And maybe this is just, like, the next evolution of, like, him evolving from, like, a, a caterpillar into this, like, hunky and butterfly. He's, and he's a single. hunky butterfly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's
1: single right
0: now, hunky butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think of when I see butterflies. Ooh, that is
1: a hunky oh, butterfly. That, yeah. In a couple of years, that butterfly is going to be really hunky. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Uh, but actually, I think he's single right now. He's always a little mysterious when it comes to his situation. But what I've been saying, he,
0: Max, I got a tattoo and this is my new wife.
1: I was like, whoa, <laughs> things are moving things fast.
0: And we're having a baby. <laughs> Max is like,
2: <laughs> My head explodes. Think of all the nice things you could write in that wedding card, though. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'd get into it.
0: <laughs> Have you read the card yet? So, uh,
1: <laughs> Just frothing at the mouth. <laughs> yeah.
2: Have you read Ugly the card?
1: crying at the wedding, hoping he's read <laughs> the card. But anyway, so I texted him immediately in a group text. I said, Nick. Dot, dot, dot. Do you have something to tell us? Because he hadn't told us. That's the other thing about Nick. He's kind of mysterious. Oh, about the tat? About the tat. And this is a group chat with your band? With the band and yeah. Mandrash. Yeah. And then Nick just responds with three question marks. And then I go, a new development in your life? Dot, dot, dot. And then he goes, I don't think so. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> and then I go, something you can't take back? <laughs> <laughs> And then Tim chimes in, you totally can, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like with, with laser removal? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, sweet tat for Nick. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nick. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's definitely a new year. Big thing. Definitely a new
1: year. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about, where are we at? How much time are we at? Hey, let's keep going, man. This is loose, baby. Okay. Uh, a few other things. I'm watching a lot of movies. Actually, the nut and I went to a movie together, double date last That's night. Great. Wow! What we did you guys we see? saw three billboards.
0: Oh, I, we can't talk about it because Dana and I are going to see it tomorrow.
1: Go highly, now. Highly recommend it. Just. Don't okay, no, no, don't no, say anything more. It's, it's good. Great. It's
2: great.
0: All right. I've seen a lot of very good films this year. Yeah. Would this be at the top of your guys' top list? Top of the list. Big time.
1: And I mean, so now we're building up to it. I had no expectation going into it. Anyway, okay. I, I love All it. Right. You, you did say
0: uh,
2: last night that uh, Mike gave you a shit movie recommendation. This is he what was I want to you about. It.
1: Oh, wow, confrontation. So you've, uh, it is a new year. Uh, the, <laughs> so Lauren and I, based on your recommendation, watched A Ghost Story. Yeah. And that is a terrible f***ing movie. Wow. That is a piece of garbage. <laughs> and I know that people love it because you are in the majority. 92% of people on Rotten Tomatoes love it. I can't but What did you like about it? Have you seen it? I haven't seen okay. it, but Max was you know, furious I, you know, about it. Okay, spoiler alert if anybody wants to see this movie. But basically, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara enter a relationship. Yeah. And then they have about, I don't know, three lines between the two of them in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And then Casey Affleck dies. It is called a ghost story. It's Go called on. a ghost story. And then for the, next, the rest of the movie, he's walking around literally with a bed sheet on his whole body with eyes cut out and just sort of back into the house where they live. That's what a ghost looks like. That's what a ghost looks like. <laughs> it's a very literal interpretation. You ever on a ghost? That's and what? then it's literally like... 40 minutes of silence. Rooney Mara is just like sad eating pie for centuries. Okay, that minutes. scene
0: is polarizing. It's a 5-minute scene of her eating the I've pie heard this.
1: and grieving. But what is grieving, Max? I what mean, is the nature
0: of being alive? Just, uh, what is the nature of what we care about? Where are we going as a species? What do you hold dear? What can you hold on to? What do you take with you to the next plane? These are big existential questions, Max, and the movie is a meditation on that.
1: Man, meditation. <laughs> wow,
2: that's, that's heavy shit. Yeah. I like fart jokes and people get hit in the nuts. Sorry, a, a lot of humor. fart jokes. Hey, it was yeah. three
1: billboards. <laughs> I love a good cry. You saw me at uh, the MLK movie. This is a,
0: this is, so Max and Lauren and Danica myself decided to go on a double date a few years ago. Uh, what was the name of that film? Uh, Selma. Selma. And obviously the famous movie about the civil rights movement and everything. And there's the the scene where they sort of tragically go across the bridge and the police sort of decide to unload and make an example of these um, protesters. And they start beating them on the bridge. Very emotional scene. Uh, the movie's very good. And so the four of us are in the theater and we're watching. And I just start hearing during the scene. Eh! <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, Danica kind of looks at me and I, I look over to my right <laughs> and it's Max and his face is sopping wet with tears <laughs> and he's bawling. Like he's really empathizing with these protesters, which is very sweet and speaks to your to your, to your empathetic soul. But you were crying so loudly that I was like, you're taking everybody else in the theater out of this scene, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Sorry. You also did that yesterday because there's a cut. like it's pretty
2: like dark humor kind of movie, Three Billboards. Yeah. And there were several times where Max just on his own laughed out loud like belly laugh but it had such a great reaction where it made the theater erupt in <laughs> laughter so it was like a canned laugh track in the movie it was awesome so
1: sometimes my sound effects work sometimes they don't it, it worked it, I'll never forget it yeah but anyway I'm I'm into loss and pain and sadness in a movie but just not 40 silence. straight minutes of silence sure. in a 7 minute scene of her eating pie did I recommend it directly to you? I know I think you said it in a group. In a group. Because
0: yeah. I I don't know if I would I'm have to. No, I know, but I still I, I pride myself on knowing what if I directed it to you and you hated it, I apologize.
1: No, but you know, and I think all of our friends know, especially with me, like what my tastes are. Yeah. Because if it's like movies, like everyone knows, oh Max isn't gonna like that. Totally. More so than I think the average person would know about each yeah. other.
2: And and my you've never steered me. I ask you all the time for movie recos and things. Right. And you've never ever steered me wrong. Because
0: I know specifically the stuff that you like, yeah. You know? So anyway. All right, let's get to the Hadfield. We getting to Hadfield? Let's get to Hadfield. Look at the producer producing. Calling the shots. All right, guys. Today on the show, we have Commander Chris Hadfield. He is returning to the show. He was a, a guest pretty early on. Gave us a lot of great time uh, in the beginning when we didn't have a ton of guests. And uh, he came back. And he's promoting his big show, Generator, which again is at Roy Thompson Hall on Thursday, January 11th. So again, if you're listening to this on Monday, which I must say, one of the reasons that we are recording this and not waiting for Shane to come back uh, from his Because we love cruise. the net. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 it's because, because we love The Nut and also because uh, we wanted you to get out and check out that show uh, with, with Chris Hadfield because he's very passionate about it and, and spreading uh, sort of the idea of learning and the things that we can do um, as a people to advance uh, society um, and things of that nature. And he talks a lot about that in the interview, and I think that's why he's always such a, a fascinating conversation. Did he recognize you from last night? Uh Good question, Max. He, So I went and picked him up over uh, in the radio area, Talk 1010 or something yeah. like that. And he comes out, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he introduced himself, and I can tell kind of right away. And again, he does a million interviews, right? So I'm not like, I no not take it personally whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So then we start walking toward Greg Stewart's office to the interview, and we're walking through the bridge To 299 Queen Street. And I said, You know, actually, uh, you've been on the show before, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. And I could still, he still didn't totally. Then we get into the interview, we start going, we start getting into it, which you will hear. And then at the very end, um, he says, uh, I 100% remember you. Mm -hmm. And then he said, He basically said a lot of kind things about the interview style, which I will take out of the interview and not leave it in. Hey, producer Max says, We got to brag about
1: it. This is what we've learned from the open. is... You know, self-promotion. Uh, no, uh, leave it in. We're Leaving it. We're leaving in the end piece. We're leaving it in.
0: Max, I insist. Th- okay, we'll leave it <laughs> in if you want to. Uh, okay, so, uh, guys, we're going to get to Commander Chris Hadfield. And after the interview, come back for uh, desserts featuring The Nuts. Can't wait. Let's get to it.
3: Check one, check two. Let's get a quick one. How close do you want this microphone? We're golden. There, be okay. It's great. Great. How long are we going to talk for? Twenty minutes. Okay. Great. Is that all right? Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, generator. Yeah, it's it's an interesting project. What do you do when you've had uh, extremely rare and thought-provoking experiences? And then they finished. What do you do? What do you do with that experience? What do you do with the ideas? What do you do with the things that it made you think, how it inspired you? You could just, you know, keep it to yourself or, you know, that'd be forgivable, of course, but, or you you could try and write about it or play music about it or something. But there's also sort of the inspiration of, wow, this, this inspired me to look at the world differently. I see things differently. I want to understand, um, the process of invention and how we get Mm -hmm. to where we are. And, and I want other people to sort of share some of the things that come from it. And that was very much the, the whole background of starting generator. This is our third year and we we've sold out the last two years, which is great. But the idea is, um, Put people on stage that you wouldn't normally see. Not there's there's musicians up there, and they're, ter- they're Tupperware Remix Party. They're terrific, um, and uh, and uh, comedians. You know the inter- the evening is entertaining, but at the same time, put people on stage that make you think or make you go, "Wow, I didn't even know that was going on," yeah. or "Holy cow, that is happening in our city here right now," and and let people. Come away for the evening uh, feeling not just, you know, amused and delighted, but also sort of curious and and with a renewed uh, desire to understand what's the new stuff that's going on around them. And that's why Generator has been so successful. And that's why I'm looking forward to it this year. we got a really cool lineup of folks.
0: Well, it's interesting because, you, you know, you mentioned sharing ideas across sort of cultural and intellectual spectrum. And it's like, is there anyone in particular, like, um, I guess in your professional life where you learn something from someone outside of your field that changed the way you think about and evaluate ideas? I try
3: and do that all the time. Uh, Does anything stand out though? Everybody is expert in something that you aren't. Everybody. And, sure. And and so you know, even a five year old knows stuff that you don't know. And so it's good to uh, it's good to try and give yourself the time to learn from other people. Um, God, there's there's this artist named Rand Ortner. He he paints huge seascapes like where the surface crashing to shore. And I was at a at an event excuse me, I was at an event where he was speaking and I was speaking and I wouldn't normally, you know, I, I like going to galleries. I like looking at paintings, but I'm not a painter, but he brings light into a painting that I don't know how he does it. Like it looks like, it looks like it's backlit or something. And yet it's just the way that he has mixed the paint and then put it on this huge screen and he can work on a painting for six months, but the result is something you almost feel like you're inside the painting. And when I see something like that, I, it just, it raises all sorts of question marks in my head. How is he doing that? How does he see it? How does, he and I can both stand on the shoreline and look at the surf crashing. He's not seeing the same thing I'm seeing. What's going on inside his head? Mm. So, so I've I've spent an evening with Ran and and trying to, and I'm never going to be able to do anything like he does, but a little peek into his world changes my own. And, and that I think is important.
0: Yeah. When you, you know, you started this, I believe, with your son, Evan.
3: It was Evan's idea. And and Evan is, um, he was the one who had the whole idea to do space auditing in yeah, exactly. orbit. And then he he and his buddy um, uh, uh, did the editing of the video at the end of it, uh, Tidby, Andrew Tidby. But um, Evan's doing a series on YouTube right now called Rare Earth that's, uh, that's doing really well. Ideas from around the world. Go to a place and, and talk about something that, you would never think that is in that part of the world. And then look how it reflects back on your own perceptions mm. of things, rare earth. Uh, but yeah, Evan and I talk all the time about this idea of what do you know? How do, how is it that you know what you know? How did you get to where you are? What's happening around you? And then how could you propagate that into the future? And how can you think about your perspectives uh, changing with the things that you, that you learn over time? So yeah, Evan, Evan's a really good creative force. He, he's uh like a lot of creative people, um, you know, you, you have to almost change your thinking when you're talking to them because they're sure. seeing the world differently than you, but that's what we need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm always fascinated by the idea of parenting in some ways, especially when you're you're a very prominent person. You have yeah. sort of this rock star job, you know what I mean? And being an astronaut, having children, being so visible, how do you approach parenting, meaning like uh, – is this an impossible standard
3: to live up to? Is that something you think even crosses the children's mind? How do you approach that? Uh, of course, I I just see myself like I've always seen myself. You know, I, um, nobody's famous in their own backyard. And I just, I, you know, I, I have didn't suddenly change just because more people uh, learn my name or, or recognize me in the street. That's... That's just normal for me. But it definitely puts a different load on my kids than maybe somebody else's kids. That's what I'm getting at, yeah. Um, You know, if you look at it through my kids' point of view, if they succeed, well, they succeed because their dad's an astronaut. If they don't succeed, well, why didn't they succeed? Their dad's an astronaut. It's kind of... Uh, They can't just be who they are. And all three of them have treated it differently. One moved to China and he's lived there for 15 years. And that's one way to just like, okay, I can just be who I am. And he's doing fine over there. And he's married and has our granddaughter. Um, My daughter uh, is a university professor and she has sort of just decided uh, anything that smacks of nepotism, anything where it looks like I'm getting a special deal because of who my dad is, I'm going to reject I just want to make it on my own merits, and she would, ne- even though she's got the same last name, she never advertise, and uh, and that's the way she deals with it. She she works very hard on just getting there through her own skills, and she's doing superbly. She's a psychologist and a university professor. Evan is is uh, in the thick still of supporting what I'm doing, but also creating who he is, and and there are advantages to being an astronaut's kid. Of course, obviously you get access, you, you have some name recognition. You may lose some of your individuality. I mean, if you're Neil Armstrong's son, or I don't know, William Shatner's daughter, sure. you know, or you're Dean Martin's son, you know, everyone's going to go, Oh, well, you're not particularly interesting, but your parent is no matter who you are. It's always the first question in a yeah, conversation. Right. And, yeah. and it kind of diminishes who you are. And so, Evan, even though he's extremely creative, has great ideas, is educated, is smart and interesting, he definitely has to deal with that as just being part sure. of life. But at the same time, all three kids are are doing fine and finding their own lives and successful. And uh, and and all I've ever tried to do as a parent is um, give them opportunity give them confidence, give them education, and support them in the things that they're pursuing so that hopefully they can be happy and successful in life. I, my wife and I try and do that. Um, and like every parent, it's imperfect. Sure, uh, You sacrifice the, the good intentions and the altar of reality all the time. But, um, but uh, we're, we're very proud of our family.
0: Yeah, that's a fascinating statement. The good intentions at the altar of reality. Yeah. I like that. Um, Music is a big part of your life now. Uh, And I guess compared to sort of the unique scientific uh, sort of work
3: that you're known for, how does music compare as far as fulfillment? Uh, Some of the best moments in my life are when when there's really something complicated and interesting happening around me and I'm right in the thick of it. When I was a fighter pilot flying F-18s, intercepting Soviet bombers, who were practicing cruise missile launches on North America, to be there with one other F-18 pilot and his airplane intercepting, out there doing something that could have huge repercussions that required a lot of skill that had all of this happening around me. It It was hard. It was challenging. It was everything I could do, but it was also really interesting. Flying a spaceship is like that, where there's huge... Uh, result if you don't do things right. Mm. There's a big effect to your decision making. It's really hard. It's something you studied for. It's something you've gained skills for. But while it's happening, it's so stimulating. And to me, music is the same. Some of my favorite moments are when I'm surrounded by the band and we're either practice or on stage, doesn't matter. And we are creating something. We're playing a song that we wrote or somebody else wrote, doesn't matter. But we're playing it. Life. We're inventing this song as we're going. We're playing it different than anybody else has ever played it, and will ever play it. We're in the act of creation together, and all those silent signals. When I'm looking at Mickey, the my, the lead singer in our band, or the harmony singer, or lean over, look at the flute player or the, or the or the strings player, and and have them pick up a lead and watch them invent and create and have it all happen simultaneously. It's it's some of the best little moments. I look around with such fascination. Inside the moment. And to me, all three of those, whether you're uh, uh, in the Air Force, defending the country, applying your skills, whether you're exploring the edge of understanding on a spaceship, or, or whether you're you're inventing things musically, mm. artistically. There's a real common ground to all of them. There's like in a collaboration mind. and a math to music. And there is, yeah. uh, you know, in the same way that you're finding those things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, and they all require a lot of preparation. Yeah. And to get to that point where you have the skills to be able to thrive and succeed at this thing. And then as a result of it, do something that otherwise there's no way you could ever do that. Does music get you there? Is it on par the same? music absolutely gets me there. Um, uh, uh, Danny, Michelle, and I, as a result of uh, this generator show, wrote an album. He recorded, or we recorded it on a ship on an old Soviet icebreaker way in the high Arctic. Mm. And we just debuted it with the Vancouver symphony and standing out in front of the Vancouver symphony, I had images both of space travel as well as Canada's Arctic up on the big images screens behind me, the whole symphony playing the the orchestral scores uh, around us and then telling the stories through music. And it is so uh multifaceted at the time, multi, almost multi-sensual is you're seeing it, you're thinking about it. You're, you're imagining stuff that you hadn't been able to imagine before. And it's somehow being explained to you musically, like you're getting it in a way that you couldn't get it any other. And, and that I think is, is what really gets me there is when you can, you can have music explain the world to you in a way that, uh, that nothing else does and sometimes you' you're just playing you know right said Fred and it's just for fun sure but a laugh. but sometimes um sometimes music is 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 like a key that, that you're turning and, and uh and I love those moments when they come along they're hard to predict sure uh, but uh but yeah it, it's it's uh, we've had music longer than we've had written language you know we've we found musical instruments from over 40 thousand years ago from the caves in southern Germany music is ancient and uh, and there's there's a canadian guitar up on the space station right now and scott tingle who's up there he's a good lead guitarist <laughs> so he's he's rocking playing, he, i mean he's a engineer and a test yeah. pilot and a and an astronaut but uh but he's up there also trying to understand where we are uh, a little bit through music i heard you mention in the last interview that uh you know, if, if there were a
0: project to, to put people living on the moon in the, in the next 10 years, you'd be thrilled to work on something like that. If, the, if it was that or being on the road every night
3: uh, touring with the band, which one does Chris Hadfield pick? Uh, touring every night with the band... My experience has been most places people want you to repeat something you've already done. They want they want to hear your greatest hits. Mm. No one wants you to get up on stage and say, "I'm about to play a bunch of music you've never heard before." Innovate for right. the first time. Yeah, yeah you know, sure. Uh, um, I, I went to the the Bare Naked Ladies just did across Canada tour. I went to their big show here at uh, Massey Hall, and they played predominantly songs people knew. A few of the new ones, which is nice. But when you're on the road, uh, people. Of course, if they have to buy a ticket, they sort of want to know what they're getting, and therefore they expect you to to repeat something they've already heard, which is fine and normal. Yep. Um, you don't go to an art gallery to watch an artist mix paint; you go there to see finished paintings. Uh, space travel is different. There's a lot of stuff that is that is repeat that is that is the mixing paint and the, and the stuff you've done before, but the purpose of it every single flight is to push back the edge of what we understand to take us further out into the unknown than we've ever been before. And it's really hard. And the stakes are, are so high. I mean, people die doing this job, just trying to understand the universe better, trying to understand the world better, trying to push our technology, just like the sailors used to do in history or the, or the explorers on foot or the the first Canadians that came here, whatever, 18,000 years ago, a lot of them died, just trying to push the edge of of what we understand to improve their quality of life. And to me, space travel fits into that. So uh, I think you should always have music with you wherever you're going, but uh, it's where you're going. That, that, really matters. Yeah.
0: You know, you mentioned things we understand and don't understand. I, I'd read this story recently. I'm sure you read it about, um, this program the United States was running, uh, sort of, um, studying UFOs, you know, from 2007 to 2012. And this, there's a lot of headlines about this sort of alien alloys. And so now that I have you here, I kind of want to ask somebody uh, who maybe, uh, sort of uh, have some thoughts on this. What does that mean? Is, is As far as what we don't understand, what kind of discovery is that? It, it just, it means what, these are these metals that are not, uh, they're foreign to our earth.
3: Uh, no, no, the, there's all sorts of overexcited reporting of people who have done almost no research this is what I'm who getting, want okay. to be able to now say something absolutely revolutionary. Um, and everybody wants, I don't know. It's normal human behavior. I don't, I don't really care what happened 10,000 years ago. A little bit. I'm curious about it. But what really matters to me is my 80 years on the earth. Sure. I want this to be the most important time in all of history, just because then I feel a little more validated in being alive. I don't want my wife – I'm sorry. I don't want my life to be wasted or to be nothing. And so that's why people hold up the signs that say the world is ending, because if the world is ending, then I'm special. It happens during your time. Yeah, because it happened while I was here. Sure, okay. Or whatever. That's that's normal. People are looking for significance in their life. And so if you see something in the sky, like recently over L.A., people saw this blue glowing light in the sky. And CNN called me and said, hey, we want you to talk about the glowing light in the sky. Oh, I'm like, well... No, and it was just the the navy had launched a missile out of a submarine, and they were testing an engine. And it's just the engine of a rocket, and it's at night. But people didn't expect to see it, so immediately they fantasize that it's you know it's life from another galaxy, or yeah, or yeah. it's aliens, or it's sure. a movie, or it's and it's uh, uh, you know it's not it it um, it is it is just just because you can't identify it doesn't mean it's magic. You know, it just means maybe you don't understand it. And that when we say unidentified flying objects, UFOs, just because you don't understand it um, doesn't turn it into intelligent life from Saturn or something. I wish it did. I, did yeah, it, and that's why we explore and and we're yes, we're looking for they're. life. You know, we're driving rovers around on Mars right now 4 billion years ago when life first developed on Earth and we found fossils up on the shore of Hudson Bay from 4 billion years ago the earliest life form that we know of. Um, 4 billion years ago Mars was a lot like Earth. It had oceans. It had an atmosphere. It was early in its in its stage, and Earth was a seething mass. Didn't have a blue sky then. We didn't have an oxygen atmosphere. They were very similar, and life developed here. So maybe life developed on Mars back then. They've had very different adolescence and adulthood sure. since, and we're very different planets now. But that's why we're driving around curiosity and, and opportunity and spirit on Mars, is to try and understand, is there life there? Or one of the moons of Saturn that, that spews water out and feeds the rings of Saturn, Enceladus, Maybe there's life on that moon because it, of course, sort of looks like Earth did four billion years ago. We are trying to answer that question. But it's. It. I don't think it's going to be answered by people who look up into the sky, see a weather balloon and go, I have no idea what that is. Sure. I, think, I think that's here to give me a secret message. But specifically uh, the foreign metals, is that... St- I, I don't know. I haven't researched gotcha. them enough. Just like pretty much everybody on CNN, <laughs> I haven't researched them enough to be able to speak, speak authoritatively. On. Sure. I can speculate, but in speculation... If you're just speculating on your own, that's fine. But if you're broadcasting speculation, I think all you really do is feed ignorance and, and you're far better to do the research and recognize that if you have a public voice, you should speak from a position of informed authority and not just whip up ignorance. and And there's a lot of... Um, ignorance whip-up going on. And, and I don't think it's good it for us. Clicks. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and that ends up and, being and, the motivation. And I understand people need to earn their salary and you got to convince people to stay on their channel or buy their sure. magazine or their newspaper. And that's all fine. But the consumer should be a little more discerning, I think, and use their own intellect and recognize that what separates us from, from toads is, is that we have a real complex capability to think and to visualize things that don't exist yet. Yeah. And, and don't just go with the easy gut reaction to complex ideas, actually do the work on your own and have your own creative thought. That's to me, that's, that's the best part of being a human being. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, us
0: being here right now in this point in time. And we talked, we touched a bit on this the last time you are on the show, but, you know, like the political climate around the world feels sort of more volatile than ever. Maybe that's recency bias. It does seem different this time. Uh, not that I'm super old. But I like that term, recency <laughs> bias. I like that. Yeah. You know, I guess how do the geopolitics of the day sort of affect the community of scientists and the
3: people interested in space exploration? Um, Well, I think, number one, we need to remember that I'm older than spaceflight. It's new. No one had flown. There was no such thing as an astronaut when I was born. No one had ever flown in space. All the space exploration we've done has happened since I was born. This is a brand new thing. So it's easy to be impatient with it or to wish the technology were going faster or to wish whoever the current political uh, figures are of the day would somehow give us the right amount of money that we could do magic but, but that's that's not how things proceed. Uh, there is always a tug of war between taking care of the people, uh, the short-term problems, the societal problems, health and welfare of everybody, building the infrastructure, but also exploring and and doing research and, and building laboratories and understanding and, and improving the technology around us. I mean, go back 15 years and, and think about iPhones and GPS mm. and and uh, tablets and uh, what the internet can do right now, the cloud and artificial intelligence and machine intelligence, we all sort of just look around now as if that's normal. It's so new, you know, we've hardly taken the wrapper off it. And yet it's hugely integrated into our lives. And for the most part, it's improved the quality of life. We've never fed as many people on earth as we did today. We've never had as high an average quality of living as we do around the world today in when canada was formed in 1867 the average age of death was 40 average half the people died by 40 years old and and that's our country in its short little time of existence now it's you know in the 80s and almost everybody makes it to 65 um so that quality of life improvement didn't happen magically or by accident it happened because we took care of people today, but we worked really hard on inventing technologies that could take care of people better in the future, pushing back the edge of what we understand. And that's still going on right now. And there's lots of political hubbub and and some of the easiest reporting in the world is to just report about what somebody tweeted today. Sure. You know, that's lazy, predictable, easy um, journalism. And it's, it's seductive. And of course you would. Why wouldn't you? But – Meanwhile, there is incredible stuff happening and in in universities that, that are pushing back the edge of our ignorance in our ability to communicate, our ability to share thought and to travel around the world has accelerated the pace of invention like we've never seen before. Smart, capable, motivated people can share ideas in a way that's never happened in human history in, in the past from all around the world something somebody said to me recently, I think about often is it's never going to be this slow again. Hmm. Just because of the way that we've invented things. And you can't just finish school and think that I now have enough information that that will carry me through the rest of my life. I'm done. The the pace of it. That's what, but a hundred years ago, the pace of invention was slow enough that if you became expert by the, at something by the end of school that the, the, the change was going to be slow enough that that knowledge base would allow you to work your whole life with an expectation that the things I still know when I'm 65 are going to be good enough. And relevant. But fascinating. But, but that pace of change has outstripped the human lifespan. You have to continue to be a student. If you want to stay competitive, the stuff you learned in high school and university, if you go to university is going to become um, old for much faster than it used to. And, But access to information and education has never been easier as well. So, yeah, you can get all wrapped up in, uh, you know, blame of whatever this prime minister or the last prime minister or the prime minister before him or whatever, the things they said. And, yeah, that's important, and their decisions do affect life. But at the same time, the vast majority of us are doing something different and and wrapped up and pushing back the edge and doing things. And there are some folks inventing and creating that that is uh it's just like uh it's like watching a fireworks show to me of ideas and and that's what we need and that kind of progress can't be stopped right and 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 so i that when i take the experiences i've had that's what i'm most interested in what are we doing next how are we taking these ideas how can we take all of these things that we've done and improve the quality of life for as many people as possible and make it sustainable i think that's really Kind of a fundamental mantra that that I look at every day. It's why uh, you know I did a, a Canada 150 tour across the country. It's why I do generator on stage to put ideas in front of people to let people recognize uh, not only the pace of change, but their opportunities within it. And and you don't just have to be a spectator; you can be part of this. In, in, and there's so much capacity and opportunity for that now. It's it's a really interesting enabling time. Just have to, you know, uh see that um that you can be a vital part of it in your own little little piece of expertise. Thanks so much for your time, man. Nice to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I remember very clearly talking yeah. to you before. Uh you're such a good interviewer. Oh, thanks, man. No, no, I appreciate mean, <laughs> it. I have done a lot of interviews over the years, like a lot of people you talk to I know how it feels to talk to a good interviewer. So thanks for uh, thanks for being good at your job.
0: Welcome to the dessert. I got to say this is a little weird for me because our pop culture aficionado, Boy 69 is not here. Not weird for me at all. <laughs> and sitting here in his place is his friend and sometimes arch nemesis, <laughs> The Nut. Love you, Shane. Uh, so we're so glad to have you here. But right before we get to the dessert, I got to say, uh, because I forgot to do it off the top, if we're being honest... Uh, we sold out the f***ing I Sang for Lupus show at the Rivoli. Huge. So, and and by the when I when I say we sold it out, I mean you guys bought tickets and sold it out. Uh, this is phenomenal. I always say this shit's humbling. Shane says it makes him... M- want to brag. It doesn't make him (laughs) humble at all. Yeah, it makes him cocky. Yeah, that's what it is. And I just feel uh, we're so grateful. Thank you so much to everyone who bought tickets. We are so excited to see you guys on January 19th, the Rivoli. And we're working on a special guest. So uh, stay tuned for that. Announcement soon uh, for the interview portion of the live show. Um, Again, everything we made on ticket sales goes right to lupus. So we are happy that you guys supported A Good Cause. And we are, uh, of course, very excited to
1: support A Good Cause. But it's making me think because the tickets went so fast. Maybe we do another show, say, in Hamilton, and we just take all the money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? We're going to get rich. (laughs) Take this thing on the road. (laughs) Let's hit the road, y'all. Hit the road. Uh, But, yeah, so we will see you all on the 19th. Uh, And like I say to Shane, I'm going to turn to the nut and say, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, Max wanted to talk about fitness and New Year's resolutions and things like that, which feels appropriate because Shane has made – a life of making fun of my weight uh, publicly. So if <laughs> and his own at, weight, to be fair. Yeah, yeah sure. But I mean, yeah, like yeah. Shane making fun of him, how he looks. Like I'll, I don't like to give him a lot of credit, but he's an attractive man. That Shane Cunningham.
1: Yeah, he's fine.
2: And but- then he went and married up somehow too. So it's just like literally like the most attractive couple on the planet talking about his physical blemishes. Like that's yeah.
1: bullshit. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. So and I wanted to talk get into this a little bit because. Uh, well one, it's the new year and this is the time of year where everybody buys a membership to the gym and says it has new year's resolutions and says, this is the year I pull it all together. And I, uh, went to New Orleans, uh, with Lauren and her family before Christmas. So we kind of indulged there for Christmas. You eat a lot of food. We had lots of dinner parties, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, which is a lot of gluttonous activity. So I was like, I need to turn my life around. (laughs) I saw the transformation the nut has made uh, in the last few months, and everybody's complimenting you. It's great. On yeah, your new you look. went from a
0: walnut to a peanut. I
1: appreciate that.
0: <laughs> Good job.
1: So uh, I want to uh, ask you about your transformation. Yeah. So when did it begin? How did you get there? When did you say I'm gonna get in shape? Well, you you kind of started
2: it to a, to a degree because I think. It, like, Mike, like, Max has gotten th- – Max has never been big, but, like, as you get, like, show ready, I guess, like, you've you've really, like, sort of shrank down Instagram a bit.
1: has made me a lot more aware of my looks because yeah. you have to look at yourself a lot more. Back mm. in the day, I never really looked at myself
2: Yeah, and, and, like, just, like, being around you, especially on the road, you'll, like – you eat, like, very specific things like pita bowls and then you're, like, you're, have a handful of nuts before we go to dinner because it fills you up so then you won't order as much at dinner and things yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: little tricks that I sometimes follow. Sure.
2: Yeah, so, like, there's – you know, there's, there's – that kind of thing. So, you know, you were sort of inspiring, makes you think like, okay, like it's not totally impossible. And then our friend Dan, ice cream sandwich Dan, mm-hmm. uh, has like gone off the deep end with like this sort of radical approach to nutrition and fitness. Uh, and he was just like, he's like, I got, he's like, here's what you got to do. All you do is if you just eat meat and only meat, you'll completely lose weight in a short period of time. (laughs) And like, yeah, right. Like go yourself. Like Dan has a very unique, like his life is a bit of a fantasy world in in a sense. Uh, but he's totally right. I literally just, Dan became my life coach. We tried twice. If you so if you if you if you fail first, you can try again. But we started with like a bunch of supplements and stuff. He was like, "Supplements, big, oh, big time." Are like, you on supplements right no, now? Yeah, I don't yeah, do anything. Like he
0: would supplement vodka for beer. Yeah,
2: oh. I've actually <laughs> not drank more in my life than I have in the in the past three months because uh, like my life's it's falling quite a plan. apart. Dan's got you <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> well, like I, like personally, my life is in shambles, as most of the people at this table know. So I've been I've definitely been been drinking more than I should be. But
0: uh, it's <laughs> it's a real podcast, right? folks.
2: But uh, well, if I'm gonna be in chair, I have to be as honest, it's true, as, sure, it's even true. in my own detriment, <laughs> but, um, but literally like if you literally just eat meat and nothing else, you will get,
1: get completely thin. So, and you're also on this, uh, 100 hundred pushups a day. That's a Dan thing as and well. And 50 sit-ups. That's right. right yeah. You I have, do that. I did. I did 20
2: here. Like, so Dan.
0: I wonder what was, I thought you were just trying to impress webmaster Dan. Well, Dan is sexy. So <laughs> like,
2: any chance I
1: get to show off to webmaster So Dan, you'll be at right, work really later. just like go into the break room and do 20 pushups.
2: Yeah. I go, I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back and I just got to make a call and then like I go into a meeting room and I close the door and I do like 25 push-ups in the dark and then I come in there like why is your face all red <laughs> like and then I just like the- it was an emotional call yeah the ruse is up my guy was doing my push-ups
1: so uh and so so basically all you've been eating is meat
2: yeah so essentially if you just <laughs> i'll try to be like as as like like non funny for a minute but just like if you avoid sugar so like no grains no candy no pasta no dairy i cut out dairy uh, i literally eat meat and vegetables uh, there's probably should be a disclaimer like talk to a doctor or like read a book well, I'm gonna or get something to this. or dan yeah. Yeah. hamilton yeah <laughs> or or dan give out dan's number but literally that's i i just i literally eat in like red meat and vegetables only So, uh, and I occasionally starve myself, yeah. So, (laughs) this is, um, so I'm going to make a call two weeks later. He hasn't (laughs) eaten anything. Well, I got back to the office today for the first time in two weeks. I'm like, uh, one of the women in the offices, I'm like, oh, hey, Jazz, happy new year. She's like, you're looking gaunt. I'm like, oh, (laughs) and and it did. Were you like? Seem no, really happy. It. I loved it for
1: sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop, it. Oh, stop yeah. it. oh, you. So, um, and and you were saying, but you have this feeling of just like I'm dominating yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, like yeah, like your uh, your willpower.
2: Yeah, totally. Well You I, feel
0: in control. Totally. In a well, way that you never had before. That's
2: right. <laughs> Especially because most of everything in my life right now is off hanging for out the decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just like uh, to to be able to like control something uh, that you haven't been able to. Uh, it it feels really good. And like literally, you know, like Shane has. has... Has put me. Shane has cast me in as Jonah Hill in skits for much, right? So, um, it's uh, it's you know my weight's been a bit of a challenge, and um, to to finally feel like I have it under control a little bit feels pretty damn good. Well,
1: kudos to you because you do look good. Now, talking to Lauren about this. Now, Lauren is a health practitioner. She is in school for nursing. She's been very healthful her whole life. Her family's generally pretty healthy, and she uh, is a vegetarian. And so for me, listening to this advice, I couldn't quite follow it because when I'm, I'm basically a vegetarian at this point. And I was talking to Lauren about the the new Dan nut diet. Yeah. And she said, yeah, but like, sure, they might be like losing weight, but his insides are probably rotten to the core. (laughs) Ben said this about me? Not you specifically. Like my soul or like my organs? Not your soul. She loves you as a person. Okay. But just your insides, like, you know, which was an interesting thing to think about because A lot of people who are also very healthy live on this plant-based diets, and they talk about the the nutrients you you get from just kind of strictly vegetables or non-processed food. Mm -hmm. So I think there's definitely some overlap. Dan Hamilton would uh, fight Lauren, I think, physically because
2: he he tells me that grass-fed beef is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. So take
0: that, Lauren, you know it all. Yeah, well, you know, why not skip the beef and just eat the grass?
2: Uh, cause it's not as tasty right. that, no offense to any of the vegetarians I'm this is a bit of a hipster show so I'm sure there's <laughs> lots of
1: them out there sure it's true so um, the other thing is that I was like well you know what I'm going to try to do this thing uh, starting January 2nd because January 1st we went to Eastside Mario's and yeah. I had to have the bread oh the oh, boss is hey, coming bada boom yeah. bada, bing, bada bing bada bing your former employer my former yeah same spot too in Dundas Ontario do they,
0: do they welcome you back like no oh. none of the same staff are there it's ah. pretty quiet they all started bands too and are touring. yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> uh there's something about that east side. Uh, you know? love, please don't get that,
1: that. That's a funny joke. <laughs> so I was like, but we're not going to eat any sugar, or, and that includes bread and stuff like that. And we're just going to eat sort of like whole whole foods, but in our case, no meat. It'll just be vegetables, yeah. basically. And eggs. Dairy is okay. I know you're not eating. Dairy, yeah. but eating Dan dairy. eats dairy and eggs. Dan loves yeah, eggs. Yeah, Dan loves eggs. <laughs> and I got to say, the last few days have been fucking terrible. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's just like i'm literally like a drug addict and weaning myself off it's crazy sugar and so and there's been these times where like i'll try to eat a lot like a big thing of like eggs and vegetables and like for breakfast and i'll f- fill myself up but then once i get hungry i fall off a cliff yeah and i start peeking and then lauren goes you know why It's because you're addicted to sugar. I'm like, that's not what I want to hear right now. And I just, like, stared at her. And we've gone into so many fights over the last few days. But then we'll both eat, and we'll feel way better, and then we'll be human beings again. So this has happened for the last three days. Like we <sighs> get into like four arguments a day, where I'm just like, "Just give me a granola part. <laughs> She's like, "It's
2: processed sugar." Yeah, uh, but I also have a, a hot take or a hot mm. tip for any. Uh, this might work for women, but I can only say for sure that works for men. Is if you don't want to eat well uh, or exercise and still look thinner. Blow dry your hair. They
1: say do blow.
2: No, don't do blow. (laughs) That probably works. I don't do blow, so we'll have to ask somebody that does. But if you blow dry your hair, you get a little extra height. Blow. Yeah. Lots and lots of blow. (laughs) Lots
0: of blow. So if that's the one thing you take away from this, lots of blow. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much to Commander Chris Hatfield for coming on and being our guest. Thank you to The Nut for filling in for Shane Christian Cunningham, our pop culture. Fish. Filling anything? in? <laughs> Replacing? Uh, anything to say to him before our big show on January 19th? I'm bringing the heat, Shane.
1: Right. I like it. And the meat. <laughs> you can find the Mike on Much podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow us at MikeOnMuch. Leave a comment and ratings in iTunes. It helps the show grow. And tell your friends about it. If you like an episode, put it on your socials. Do it. Uh, huge thank you to Jenna Gregory, Tara Paquette for providing the artwork and putting it all together. Thank you to uh,
0: everyone that's helped us all through 2016, 2017, and will be contributing to the pod in 2018. People like Webmaster Dan. We love him. Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Of course, Justin Stockman, our patron saint. Uh, people like Greg Stewart, people like Sarah McLaren. Mike um, McShane. Mike McShane in the house. Uh, so many people. And, uh, you know, they don't get a shout out, but a lot of the people that mix this podcast uh, yes. every week. Uh, people like uh, Matt Spears and Elizabeth and Danny. There's so many of them. And I'm going to to get a big list of their name and we're going to say them next time but they're this unsung heroes that have to sit through an hour of our bullshit mm-hmm. uh, and make it sound listenable for you guys so thank you to the mixers who have been doing this for a long time and uh, i hope everybody has a great 2018 and we'll see you on january 19th if we don't die on the weekend